0: Today we're going to be in Colossians, Colossians 3. We're going to be talking about how to get our minds set on things that are not of the world. So given that we, have a, that we have died with Christ and are now raised to life in him, we must make an effort to set our minds on this new reality. We must get this body of Christ mindset, and that's what we'll be talking about today. So I'm going to read Colossians. If you've got Bibles, you can flip to that. There's extra Bibles on the back table if you don't have one. Um, I'm going to read 1 through 17, and just read along with me in your heads, and uh, let it it wash over you. Verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Verse 3. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On the count of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you once to what? When you were living in them, but now... You must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse 12. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts we pray heavenly father as we as we gather here this evening to hear your word Lord, i pray that it would be your words that come through and the holy spirit we trust that you have guided uh, my study and i pray that you guide my words today and uh, i pray that you would do the purpose for which your word is uh, proclaimed this evening in your name we pray amen all right so i'm gonna start with verse one and two If then you've been raised in Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. So in this letter to the church at Colossae, Paul starts by establishing a foundation. And uh, Rob and Nick laid out that foundation for us in chapters 1 and 2. And so what he's doing is he's laying out Christ's preeminence in in creation… And in their salvation, in creation and redemption. Now, with this foundation set in the minds of his of his readers, which is the church, this is a group of believers, Paul urges them to focus on what's true, what's real, what's certain. He says, If then you have been raised with Christ. And other translations say since then, because of this, now this. For Christians this is a given. This is reality, it's a higher reality. So after the foundation of these last two chapters, we read the command to embrace this higher reality, to set our minds. Literally, says, set your minds on things that are above. To set your mind is to adopt a mindset based on what's going on up here, what's going on above us, and it's this. Really, is to think like a Christian. So, what's going on above, right? You may ask. Well, Jesus is reigning from heaven. We know that he holds our lives in his hands. He's the head of the body, and the church is his body down here. He reigns from heaven. His church is the body on earth. And he holds all power and authority. Although we're down here on the earth, the higher reality, this set your minds on things above, is where we are with Christ. This is the fact that we live in. And he's urging these believers to make an intentional effort to focus to understand and to know this higher reality, to set your minds on things above. And also, conversely, Paul commands not to set our minds on the opposite, right? He says on things down here on earth. And he does this because if your mind is set on earth, it it's like it ignores this higher reality. Now, I'm not saying this higher imaginary reality, I'm saying this is a higher reality. I use the word reality because it's real. It's real. It's just above and it's something that's kind of hard for, for us to see. We don't have this this eyesight into the heavenlies, but we, we can see it through the word and we can see it by faith. So if you're a believer, you have died with Christ and your life is hidden with Christ in God, as it says. It says verse three, for you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And so th- this, is, this is that little peek into this higher reality. And there's a promise here of what's coming later, and it's, it's glorious. So you currently live in Christ. He is your very life. Christ is your very life. He's like a shield. We're hidden in him. He's like a shield surrounding us. He keeps us alive. He protects us from what? He protects us from God's wrath. Which, of which we are all deserving. And we will someday appear with Christ in glory. And that will be unbelievable, right? This is an unbelievable reality. I don't mean, I don't say that as a, uh, a phrase. I say this is unbelievable because people cannot believe this reality. It's literally impossible for a person to believe this without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit allows us to understand and believe this. It's a miracle that the Holy Spirit, who give, he gives us this, this faith that enables us to understand and believe it. And we are transformed and brought into this higher reality because he enables us. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one can boast it 's good news, so there 's a higher reality for every believer, and it 's a reality that 's fully supported by fact it 's fully supported by historical fact so what are the what are the facts? A man was born he said i 'm God he said i 'll prove it to you. He did miracles it proved he had command over the whole physical realm, and he did things that proved he had command over the spiritual realm he said i 'm God proof proof then he then he uh, predicted his own death and resurrection, and then he proceeds to to die and then resurrect and come back from the grave under his own power. It's a tremendous historical fact that all this is based on. He proved the Bible was true, and then he was later seen going up into heaven where he reigns right now. This is that historical reality that we know is true. And so the point of today's passage, what does it mean to set our minds on something? And I want to talk about this just for a little bit. To adopt a mindset, to set your mind on things that are above. The American Heritage Dictionary defines a mindset as a fixed mental attitude or disposition that predetermines a person's responses to an interpretation of situations or an inclination or a habit. This is a mindset. To set your mind on something is to focus your thoughts, intentions, and efforts on a specific objective – it involves conscious decisions to prioritize or work towards something with determination and commitment. When you set your mind on something, you're mentally and emotionally dedicated to getting this thing or to achieving this idea or improving this thing. Most of us has, have used this set your mind kind of phrase describing other people. So here's some examples. He's got his mindset on it, she's set on getting that new kitchen. Or this guy, my friend, he's dead set on getting that, getting that new Ford F-250. He's dead set on, right? This is mindset kind of language. Or he's got his mind made up and no one can change it. So the the root of the Greek word used for set your mind is it's, it's like a heartfelt. It has this emotional, heartfelt core, of like torso kind of connotation. It's a picture of deep emotional and mental preoccupation. You're going to be preoccupied with this thing to uh, a great degree. So imagine that you have two friends. One friend tells you that her mind was absolutely set on becoming a surgeon. If you're here in this room and you want to become a surgeon, it's not about you. (laughs) But every time you saw your friend, she talked about interior decorating. That's weird. She had never brought up becoming a surgeon when you guys hung out and... And you never noticed her studying. You never saw like how to be a surgeon books. Or when you went over to her house, there's never like scalpels out on the, you know, on the coffee table. So, you'd after a couple weeks of this, you'd start to think that she did not really have her mind set on getting this this degree, on getting this medical degree. So you would probably write her off. Probably, if she's your friend, you wouldn't say she's a liar. You'd say, oh, she's just a dreamer. Her mind is not set on it. Your other friend, and this may hit closer to home, is a hunter. How do you know this? You know this because he talks about it every Sunday at church, telling stories you've heard a couple times already. He shows you a picture of his, of his new meat smoker on his phone and his rifle. And, um, you know, hey, he's, he's talking about the new tactics and look at my latest gear. And, you know, his eyes light up when he talks about the, the deer cam and he shows you the picture. Look, this guy's got ten points. And there is no way that this guy is going to talk about anything else. And I know this because this happens. <laughs> his mind. So, so take these two friends. Right, friend one, this lady who wants to be a surgeon. It's just a dream. She did not have her mind set really on being a surgeon. Her mind was not set. She did not have the surgeon mindset. Friend two had his mindset. His mind was set on whitetail hunting. There's no way to fake it. It comes out of his pores. Now, take a minute to think about somebody you know. And maybe it's somebody here. Maybe it's somebody at work or at some other place. You know, Picture somebody that you would talk to periodically, weekly or every other day. And now imagine where, you're see- where you will see them next. Can you predict in your heads how this conversation will go? Do you know from past experience what they're going to talk about, where the conversation is going to land? Think of someone who that you can predict where that conversation is going to go. You probably have somebody in your heads, and you know from past experience that their mind is set on something. What's their mind set on? And we all know these people, and here's a few common examples. Does this person only talk about conspiracy theories? or maybe it's somebody who's like all they talk about is like climate change i've known people like this these are these are common ones or, or maybe you got a friend who all they talk about is the problems that they have or maybe another person only talks about the fear and the worry that they get from the news these are people that have their minds set on things of the earth their mind is not set on things Above if you can 't think of anyone like that, maybe you 're that person titus three nine says avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless now Paul, in his letters, talks a lot about wasting our time with our minds set on things of the world, specifically to these these arguments and these ideas and these things that get us into these conversations where somebody leaves mad right, or somebody is like. I'm just tired of hearing about it. Um, Matthew six thirty four says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I and I read that verse because there's a lot of people with their mindset about earthly things, specifically troubles, trials, fears, worries. This is really common. Now those things, those things are real. But we need to be taking it before God and setting our minds on things that are above. So we've got two commands right up here. These are commands that are served straight to us, right? Straight to us, pure commands. One, seek the things that are above, right? Verse 1. Two, set your minds on things that are above, not on things of the earth. Verse 2. These, The Holy Spirit has breathed the Bible to us. This comes from the Lord, and these are commands for us to have our minds set where it matters, where Christ is. He's showing us that we need to have our mindset, and not for no reason because our lives are hidden in Christ. And this is the higher reality that is, like I said, a reality. We've got no business laying around at the bottom of the river after we've been saved from drowning. You guys remember that? We've got no business. And so we can extrapolate a few things from this passage. Number one, as believers... We need to be reminded. We can safely say, okay, I need to be reminded to keep my mind set on things that are above. Reminded to get my head around this reality of Christ in me and me in Christ. Our tendency, number two, our tendency is not to embrace this reality. This world feels really real to us. All my physical senses and the things I read and the things I consume with my eyes tell me a different story, and they anchor me. They they try and try and try to anchor me in the world. So our tendency is not to embrace this new reality. And third, it takes intention to do this. And that means it does not happen accidentally. My friends, God knows that we need step-by-step instructions. And in his graciousness, he's given us the manual to life itself. And this is what we have here in this passage. And it's wonderful. And so he follows up with these two commands with just how we can get on this. He says, first, we will put off the old self. We will put to death that which is worldly. We will stop thinking about that which is of the earth. It's, it's forgetting. It's disregarding. It's letting go. It's stop acting out as if it were the main reality that we were rescued from. Command two, put on. Replace This with what? Paul calls it the new self. He says, put on what is of Christ. This is a command to think about, right? To ponder, to embrace, to dwell on, to get our heads around, to believe and obey Christ's greater and better reality. The higher reality that he has purchased for us. So what is the old self? Well, the old self is the earthly one. And this is where we're all at by default. The old self is slave to sin. The old self deserves the wrath of God that we've earned. This old self is the fallen state of mankind, which is our default state. So for believers, the old self has died with Christ, and it's no longer the dominant reality. And this is a fact that we're going to get our heads around. So what's the new self? Well, the new self is the one that is given to us by Christ, and it's life itself It's life itself. It's a life of godliness where we can finally image God, image our creator correctly. We're all made in the image of God, and sin destroyed that. It's made possible by the gospel, by Christ's work on the cross. This new self is justified by grace, counted righteous, able to rejoice in God, dead to sin, and activated to righteousness. You guys remember that? Somebody needs to make a sheet of paper— and I need to staple that to my forehead um, that's pretty good that's the gospel is what makes this new self it's it's what makes it possible. The new self is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Verse ten says this second peter one three says his divine his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. this is Granted to us by his power in no other way. How? It says, Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Why? So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Partaking of the divine nature is this higher reality that we ...have access to because of Christ's work. And we need to get our heads around it. So, Paul addresses the old self. He says in verse 5 of chapter 3 that we're in today... ...if you guys want to follow along. He says, put to death, therefore... ...whatever belongs to your earthly nature. There's that word again, earthly. Then he has a list for us. This is a list of what we used to be slaves to. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust... ...evil desires, and greed, which is adultery... Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Verse 7, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another since you have taken off your old self and its practices. And remember that he's writing to the Colossian church This is a group of believers, and so they were saved from these things already. They were saved from this old self or this old man. At some point in the past, they were justified. They were made right before God. This put-off image, this put-off language that he uses is about sanctification. And it was really good, the reading we had today, because it defined what sanctification is. It's by the Holy Spirit's power, little by little, over time, growing in righteousness – it's improvement over time. So he's reminding them to put off and to keep putting off. It's not a one-time event. Keep putting off these evil things that they were saved from. Well, we know if he says to keep putting this off, then this is something that's going to try to keep put, jumping on us, right? It's, it's a continual thing. Verse 7 says, You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. This is a picture of the past. This is what used to be your dominant reality. Putting these things to death, as Paul writes, is making an end of whatever belongs to your earthly nature. These are the old ways. We Christians no longer belong to these old ways. And here's what he says to put to death, right? He lists sexual immorality, which is any sexual act or thought outside of a God's pure and intended purposes, Impurity, which includes the previous point, and it's it's like general debauchery. It's anything that defiles a person, makes them less clean, right? makes them unclean by sin, including speech. Lust, which is a strong desire for something, and it typically has a sexual nature. Evil desires, which would be any desire that goes against God's will or purposes. And greed, which is idolatry. Greed is where you put something above the position of God. It's the thing that you... That you desire. A lot of these overlap, but together they define someone who would have their their mindset on the pleasures of the world, on earthly, lower reality things. Someone who chases any desire that they have these old these old things. This will end up destroying their life. And someone that is in this life is somebody. He's now mal- remember we're talking about the past, the old things. Someone who's in this is outside of Christ's protection and has no option to put their minds on a higher reality. They don't have a higher reality. They would be outside of Christ's protection, and they would be, they would be deserving of wrath um, on the final day of judgment. So if you have not come to believe in Christ as your salvation, then this would be you storing up wrath for the day of judgment because Christ uh, is not your Savior. So it's a call to stop looking back. That's, that's back then. Now, verse 7, used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. And then verse 8, he switches to now. He says, this refers to after salvation. This is sanctification language. He says, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. And and he goes into another list. And so this is an additional command for them to set their minds now on the higher reality, on their new life in Christ. And here's the list, verse 8. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Verse 9, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self. You have taken off your old self and practices. So the common factor among this this list is relationship damage. It's relationship damage. They describe forms of interpersonal hostility and and destruction, and ill will towards one another. These things cannot coexist in a life in Christ. If you guys remember, as James says back in his letter, verses 311, he says, Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So these sins have no place in the life of Christ in this higher reality. They destroy unity, which is a It's a key. Unity is a key in the body of Christ. And we must keep this body of Christ mindset. And Paul will come back to that later in verse 14. So put off, right? This is the old self we're putting off. Now, getting onto the putting on. It's never enough to take something bad and just get rid of it. Because you'll go back to it. You have to replace it. You have to replace this with something better or else that will become your your current reality again. Now we come to what we need to put on. What, what must be done to get our mind set on Christ's higher reality, to get the body of Christ's mindset? Verse 10, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. And so if you, if you note know here, the new self which we're told to put on is renewed in what? It's renewed in knowledge. And there's only one kind of knowledge that can renew us in this way, and that's the Bible. That's God's word, it changes us. It's powerful, and it changes lives. And we've seen it. It will transform our minds, which will give us the mindset of Christ and enable us to properly image our Creator. That's an interesting statement. Reading God's word will pay dividends, and make yourself do it every day. It's not optional in the life of Christ. Romans Romans 12:2 says, "Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed." By the renewal of your minds. Do not be conformed to the world. So this is the lower reality. But be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Looking back at today's text, verse 11, he says, he continues. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free. But Christ is all and is in all. It seems a a little out of place. Paul is reminding the readers that all believers are equal before God. And there's no distinctions. Perfect unity, I think this is a I think he's what he's getting at is this body of Christ mindset. Unity has no distinctions. And these these Colossians, they had these, this society was divvied up into these slices, right? This is stratified. And God has no partiality in himself. And so now that we're in the body of Christ, it has no place. It doesn't matter if you're of a, you know, if you're this type of person, or that type of person, or somebody in power, or somebody rich, or somebody poor. The new self is, we're all the same in God. He, we are saved, not because of us, but by his work. So the new self is becoming, simply is becoming a Christian person. That's what the new self is. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Remember he talked about us being our lives being hid in Christ at that point, we are a new creation. This is the highest possible goal for humanity for human beings It's the highest possible calling for anyone on earth for any anybody of any status or nationality or rich or poor for them is to be a Christ follower. All other earthly distinctions have no value, have no value and there's no sense in dwelling on them, to dwell on these earthly distinctions, to discuss them, to ponder them, to, to, to have your mind set on them, to where they come out of your mouth all the time. You know, we, we, we assign virtue to these things in this society, and it's it's setting our minds on the things of the world. Verse twelve says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So what have we learned about this higher reality, this things above, this this heavenly reality, this in Christ reality that we need to set our minds on? Pulling from this passage, the new self is hidden with Christ in God. There's a spiritual reality that it's hard for us to see, but it is a reality. I use the word reality on purpose. The life of the new self is none other than Christ himself. Christ is our life. The new self will appear someday with Christ in a glorified state. Hard to get your head around, but when Christ is revealed, we will be revealed with him in glory. The new self is renewed in knowledge. The new self images God the creator. The new self is unified under Christ and is not divided by these earthly divisions. Putting on the new self is acting like Christ and and imitating his divine attributes – and verses 12 and 15 instruct us to put on these things that I just read. One, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forbearance, forgiveness, because the Lord forgave us. And above all, love. He says love above all. The peace of Christ and thankfulness. And so remember the list of things that we're supposed to put off were like relationship damagers, relationship killers. This glorious list found only in Christ, brings unity. These are the type of things that keep the church together. Verse 14, and above all these, put on love, which binds together everything in perfect harmony. And verse 15 says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. This is much bigger than let's all just get along. This is the body of Christ Christ. Reality. It's a higher reality, and we need to have the mindset that accompanies it, and it's there for us. The church is the body of Christ on earth, and it can't be fragmented. Um, to operate smoothly, to be able to do all the good kingdom work that God has prepared for us, we have to strive, and we have to maintain unity in the body of Christ. We must first put off the old ways as he, as he instructed us, and we must be patient with one another. We must forgive. We must have compassion, we must be properly meek and humble towards each other, setting the needs of our brothers and sisters above our own. This is a glorious picture. This is something that if we all did perfectly, this would literally, the world would be transformed into heaven, right? We're not there yet, but we're, we're going to set our minds on this. We're going to push for it. And it does take intention for 16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the body of Christ. We're supposed to read and study and teach the Bible to each other. This is what I was talking about at the beginning, and it's, it's glorious when we do it. <clears throat> we sing praise, and we worship God in song, and we always maintain thankfulness, right? It's hard to be, it's hard to be you know, depressed and unhappy if you're thankful. If you, if you're, it brings, helps us have joy, and we need to do everything in, in Jesus' name. It's a higher mindset. It's a glorious picture of this mindset that we're. he's commanding us to get our heads around this by doing these things. So so what is your mindset? We we should we can all look into ourselves and go. Do I need a, an adjustment? Do I need a tune up? What's my mindset? As we've seen today God commands that we work on this. We turn our focus onto the higher reality which is our lives are in Christ. And Jesus Christ is all and is in all. That's an interesting phrase. He's he created the world. He's responsible for our salvation and our, our resurrection in, in life in him. And he's here with us, and he's in all of us as believers. This is a higher reality. And if we um, follow these lists in here that Paul gives us, we can get our minds set around this. It's only through him that this is possible. This is not an exercise that we can be like, you know, I'm going to pull myself up by my, by my bootstraps. I'm just going to think positive. Like, that's impossible, right? Christ must be in us. So here's some helpful ways as we close. The new self is renewed in knowledge. This is the knowledge that Paul is talking about. This is the Bible. As we read it, we will grow to love it. And it's always my prayer that we will put off which is worldly. Those old sins, right? Remember the list of the old things? They no longer have a hold on us and, yes, we will be tempted. What do we do? We fight. Don't accept sin. Don't give it a pass. Don't feed it. This is a war. That thing needs to die. That thing needs to die. First Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which do wage war against your soul. Higher reality that is, this is a war. And we need to remember that. Put off worthless speech. Number three, all that which is filled with fear, worry, or distrust of God and the future that he has planned. Don't be the person with the mindset that's grounded here on earth. Number four, turn off the news. Turn off social media. You know, there's a a continuous feed of earthly mindset coming at us every day. All you have to do is turn on your phone. Turn on the TV. It's a continuous feed. And if and if I'm saying, I want to get my mind above this stuff on the things of Christ, but I've got this shoot that's flowing into my head of things on the earth, I'm going to have a hard time getting my mind set on things above. So we need to turn that stuff off. Uh, maybe just go back to what it was originally designed for, keeping up with your uh, distant relatives. Oh, cute baby. I like that cute baby. That's my niece. Like that's, that's a good use of that stuff. Let's just take it back to that. So number five, put on the image of God, the creator, by imitating the divine attributes of Christ. There's are really good lists. Does anyone else like lists? I like lists, right? I got a bullet point, and I got a thing. Read these, make a list, write them down on paper, and it will help you remember them. These are Christ-like attributes, and if we're all living these Christ-like attributes, we will get our minds set on things that are above. So number six. Make the body of Christ a center of your life. This is more than something you do every week, right? It's part of your identity. This is the visible body of Christ on this earth is the church. So you need to set your mind on it. Center your life in in your local church. Make sure – how do we do this? Make sure to connect with each other during the week. That's a good way to do it. These are your brothers and sisters. These are all members of the body of Christ. Let's reach out to them. Let's see how they're doing. Pray for each other. Lend a hand. Lend a pickup. Be hospitable. Get together. Laugh. Cry. Have good food. Have good drinks. Hang out. Pray for each other and teach one another the word. It's glorious. Lay down your Bible and be like, this I read this recently. This is what the Lord's saying. Hear what they have to say. And they can speak life into you because they are part of Christ's body church is not just something we do for a couple hours a week it's our identity number 7 remember that your new self is hidden with Christ in God future part of this new reality and will someday appear with Christ in glory at which time we'll be made perfect then all the fighting and the struggle will be over why don't when we get to you know when we get saved we just get zapped up to heaven well because there's good works Christ wants to do things on this earth and we're here to do them but that doesn't lessen this final reality. And it's, it's wonderful. It's glorious. And we should know. All that is good and pure should come out of our mouths when we speak. And out of your fingertips when you act. And if we can set our minds on things above, this will happen. Be the person who can be described as always talking about the goodness of the Lord. That's setting your minds on things above. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father... Thank you so much for bringing us here. Thank you for this time. I pray that as we go throughout our week, Lord, that you would continue to transform our minds by the reading and meditation of your word. Give us a new and increasing love for your ways. Increasing love for reading the Bible. That is my prayer. Help us, Lord, to focus on our minds on things above and not on things of the earth. Strengthen us, Lord, to be able to do this. Strengthen us to be able to put off the earthly things, like these relationship-killing sins and the sins of our past, and grant us repentance and forgiveness as necessary. Lord, help us to live and help us to walk in the light and to serve you daily. Amen.